Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. up everybody welcome to another edition of drive for show dfs for dough here on roto grinders happy to be with you as we tape another uh, video for a golf tournament we've only got two left before the winter break so time to make it count we've got the houston open this week uh hewlett packard i think is sponsoring this tournament's changed sponsors just like all the other ones have the last few years but uh we'll just call it the houston open for our sake during this show uh, and I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I've got Notorious alongside me. Uh, Noda, we had the uh, chalk hit in golf last week. We were just talking about that before the show. And, uh, you know, how's uh, how's the early part of the NBA season treating you? Yeah, chalk definitely hit last week. Uh, ended up having a profitable week overall, thanks to uh, the round three showdown. Had a pretty good lineup in the in the big GPP on DraftKings, so uh, that's really my uh, you know only W on the week, but I will take it. Uh, NBA, it's been a lot of fun. Um, also, a pretty slow start in terms of DFS, but uh, stacked to the Sixers and Bucks game tonight, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what about you? How was your uh, week at uh, what was it, Mayakoba? Yeah, Mayakoba. My article picks were good. I was like seven of the eight finished inside the top twenty-five, but unfortunately, in my player pool, I didn't put the best plays around them. 
I uh, had exposure to a lot of the guys at the top, but didn't have the the volume of six to six lineups to to really make any of them count. So it was a little bit of a negative week. Uh, felt like it should have been better than it ended up being. But when the chalk hits, you know, if you don't have the right combo uh, in, you know, in, in a in a given lineup, it's uh, it's tough to make it a big week. So uh, it's just hard to get into those tournaments when you just don't see, have the shot tracker to get really, really mad at it. You know, you, you got to have the shot tracker to get real mad. So uh, we've got that back this week and next week. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll happily put some entries in for the Houston Open and then the RSM next week. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was a week where Victor Hovland back-to-back wins at that tournament. Saw Justin Thomas after a horrible start get back in the mix. Sergio was up there. Neiman was up there. Uh, Gooch was up there. So you know, lots of the uh, the good plays uh, up near the top. But uh, you know, we talked about it last week on the show. Hovland. Uh, with his ball striking, I mean, as long as his short game doesn't implode, he's going to be there every week. So impressive performance from him. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Um, obviously, was rooting for JT. Had outright on him. Had him in my main lineup. Uh, but he kind of shot himself in the foot uh, early in that round. He was, you know, one over par heading into the par five and then three putted uh, the par five for a par. And after that, just couldn't really get anything going. But uh, yeah, Hovland, one of the better ball strikers in the world. Um, he's becoming a much better putter as well. I know we don't have shot link data from last week's event, but um, his putting has been improved uh, recently. And um, just at these birdie fests, you know, where you don't have to chip a lot. I think that's really a big advantage to him because that's kind of been the weak part of his game. Uh, you mentioned him winning back to back. I thought we were going to get a chance to do that again this week with Carlos Ortiz, but uh, he has withdrawn. So I uh, won't be able to do that. Um, I'm kind of glad because he was just setting up to be very popular, but uh, yeah, overall, uh, pretty good week. Good week to or good to see Wolf back. Um, he's kind of played well in a few straight tournaments. Uh, Neiman had a good run. Answer put together a really good uh, Sunday. So yeah, a lot of chalk hit, and uh, I think this is going to be the first tournament in quite a while where we've had shot tracker and a cut because we had the <laughs> CJ Cup, the Zozo, and then. Uh, a couple out of out of the country so uh, yeah. i'm excited for both of those together <laughs> yeah two more of those before the break and uh um, scheffler another guy too that was up there in the mix last week had a pretty good sunday round himself so basically the top 10 was littered with uh you know strong plays and not a lot of the six seven k you know who the heck is this in the top 10 didn't see a whole lot of that last week uh, which you know made it important for those winning lineups to to have as many six to six guys or or six to six lineups or as many of those top ten guys as you could uh, to get the optimal lineup last week because uh, so much of the chalk did hit. But um, this week I, I think it's interesting because with a lot of these fall swing events we see you know easier courses uh, tournaments where we can see guys shoot 20, 22, 25 under par. We see that a lot with these fall swing events, even with weaker fields. Um, and even though this week's course is a, 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 like a municipal course, uh, it, they make it pretty challenging. It's a par 72 for members, but they make it a par 70 for this event. So some really long par fours, some longer par threes. And the cut was three over here last year. I mean, it, when's the last time we've seen an event with a cut line over par? I, I, I legit can't remember the last time that a cut was over par. Um, so, you know, uh, it's kind of refreshing in this, this day and age of all these score fests and shootouts to see uh, a course that's going to challenge these guys a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, over par, that's pretty rare outside of the majors. So I'm excited for it. I read a, you know, quote from the guy that redesigned the course and he was saying, 
you know, professionals, they prefer, you know, hitting out of the sand and amateurs, they don't. Uh, myself, you know, I hate when my ball lands in the sand. I know it's going to add an extra stroke to the old scorecard. <laughs> Um, so he took out uh, like 80 of the bunkers. I think there's only 17 left on the course. Um, that's actually made it easier for the amateurs and more challenging for the pros, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then you mentioned it's a par 70. There are three par fives on the course and there are there is one drivable par four. But other than that, I mean, very, te- very tough tests of golf. The fairways are tough to hit. The greens were extremely tough to hit uh, and they're undulating and there's a lot of runoff. So you're going to get a lot of tricky lies around the green. Um, so a good short game is definitely going to come into play. I think bogey avoidance is going to come into play. Um, the course itself uh, features Bermuda grass throughout. So if you want to look at splits, whether you want to look at putting splits or just, uh, you know, overall Bermuda splits, I don't mind that angle. And I just think a solid tee to green, solid all around game is going to do uh, a lot of good this week. Yeah, it's not, you know, again, a lot of these courses uh, in the fall swing, you can basically hit it wherever off the tee and get away with it. Uh, probably not the case here with the rough um, and, and the, you know, the, the runoff areas around the greens. You don't want to be in the wrong spots hitting into these greens uh, or you can, you know, you can be looking at basically a guaranteed bogey um, if you're, you know, caught with a bad angle. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot different than what we've seen for much of the fall swing events. We got the full cut, we got the shot tracker and it's going to be uh, refreshing to say the least. So uh, we have had a field change, no to mention. Carlos Ortiz has withdrawn. John Hub will replace him. Uh, not sure. He probably will get added to the full player pools on all the sites because that took place on Tuesday afternoon. Usually they do add those guys. Uh, if it if it takes place Wednesday, a lot of times they'll only be reflected in the showdown in the weekend contest. But uh, we'll probably get him added to the player pool. But the main takeaway is that you want to make sure you're not rostering Carlos Ortiz. So. Uh, any other thoughts on the course or the event in general before we get rolling here? You mentioned the greens being tough to hit from the rough, and I believe I saw it was the third or fourth lowest green regulation percentage from the rough uh, on the PGA Tour last year. So you're going to want to stay in the fairways, but a lot of the golfers have said, you know, you got to you got to have some distance as well off the tee. So I think looking at some total, some type of total driving, and which combines accuracy and Distance is probably the way I would go. Um, I wouldn't lean strictly on distance or strictly on accuracy. You just kind of want to yeah, hit along and straight. That sounds easy enough, but that should be a big advantage this week. No problem. Long and straight. Got yeah. it. Uh, 315 right in the fairway. <laughs> I can do it uh, every time. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's dig in here. We've got 132 golfers in the field this week. So, um, you know, not a full 156 or a 144 man field, but with the limited daylight hours, not sure if you've noticed, but it gets, seems like it gets dark around two o'clock, uh, this time of year, yeah. uh, it's hard to get 156 golfers through with the, with the daylight hours. So 132 is about as deep of a field as you're going to see this time of year. And we've got uh, seven golfers above 10 K. And I, I think from a strategy angle, this is really interesting because, Almost all of the expensive chalk got there last week. And I think you're going to see a lot of people try to jam in that those expensive plays again this week. Uh, But I think it's a little more spread out, you know, whereas last week we talked about wanting to get exposure to the top three or four guys this week, uh, the field's a little deeper and there's maybe six or eight guys at the top. So Burns, Scheffler, M, Finau, Wolf, Cam Smith, and Hatton all above 10 K uh, so, you know, that's, uh, gives us quite a few options in there. They're all quality golfers. We've got them all between 10 and 20% right now in terms of projected ownership. So how are you parsing out that top group as we get started? 
Yeah, it's weird seeing Sam Burns priced above, you know, some of these other names. But uh, over the last six months, he's number one in strokes per round um, in this field. And, I mean, he's just been awesome. Top 20s in five straight events, seventh here last year. You look at his stats. I mean, he's good off the tee, really good on approach. He's pretty good around the green, and he's one of the better putters on tour. So uh, I think he deserves the price point. I'm not sure I can get to the 20% that, uh, you know, we haven't projected for right now, but um, certainly a guy wouldn't, you know, take out of my player pool completely. He's been playing better than anyone else priced up here. Um, I'll take the savings. I like Terrell Hatton quite a bit. Um, had the second place finish over there on the European tour, backed it up with an 18th and then a 40th. He also finished tied seventh here last year. Um, he's one of the better guys in terms of bogey avoidance. He's third in this field. He's just a grinder. I kind of like those types on these really, really difficult golf courses. Um, I ran a uh, strokes gain based on, you know, um, how, how golfers fare on difficult golf courses. And he's top five in this field over the last couple of years. So I like that. Um, Scheffler obviously coming off the good week. Sungjae, always a guy that performs well on Bermuda. And he's one of the better total drivers of the ball. Number one in this field and uh, good drive percentage. And then you have Finau. I like Finau quite a bit. Another guy that Tends to play difficult golf course as well. Um, he always shows up at the majors, always shows up at the WGC events. So I kind of like everyone up here. I'll probably be off of Matthew Wolf. Uh, again, I'm rooting for him and he's playing some great golf, but he does feel a little expensive to me. And then Cam Smith just, he feels a little out of place to me. I like all the other guys above 10K a little bit more. And Cam Smith, man, he's always the hero save, par save on these types of That's courses. True. You know, he's he's going to use that imagination and he's always going to make a better result than than what the stats seem to indicate. Uh, uh, it's it's just uh, it's tough to get behind it from a statistical angle, but I faded him enough to where I feel like I just have to play him some nowadays. I like um, him at 8K, you know? Yeah, yeah, not 10-2. It's like Burns at 11-1. Like if I'm panhandling on the street in a few months, it's because I keep fading <laughs> Burns when he's the most expensive guy in the field. But He's number one in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, I, I think Sung is my favorite. You know, when he's on, he's one of the best tee to green guys uh, on tour. And we saw him really lag for much of 2021. Uh, but, you know, the, starting over with the false swing, he had that dominant win a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was pretty good the week after that, another top 10. And he's top 10 in, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, fall swing, he's sixth in ball striking. So, uh, you know, obviously if he's striking it well, he's going to contend. Uh, and this is the type of course where I think, you know, it fits his game nicely played here last year. Uh, and if you're looking at course history, only one year, last year was the first year they played at this course. So uh, you could ignore anything beyond last year as far as this specific course goes. But, um, you know, Sung Jam, I think is my favorite. I like Hatton as well. Um, you know, Wolf is probably the other guy. Wolf and Burns, I probably won't play nothing against them, but uh, Burns just at that salary, I'd rather play the other guys. 11-1 uh, is a little tougher to get. The 6K value starts to get a little uneasy in this field. So um, M and Hatton are my favorites. Other thoughts on the uh, 10Ks and up for you? I do, I do like him quite a bit. Um, you know what's crazy? I was just looking. So 26 golfers, uh, price 7,700 and up played this event last year and all of them made the cut. Um, so anybody up here that played last year has pretty good course history, which I thought was kind of crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that to be honest. I, I, uh, I, I kind of, it makes sense now knowing that I looked through that earlier today when I was doing my content, um, and didn't really notice anybody of note that had missed a cut. So 
maybe we'll see a chalk fest again. Who knows? Or this will be the year where everybody have chaos <laughs> reigns supreme. Um, weird to see with all these guys above 10 K that Brooks and Adam Scott and Neiman are not among them. Um, you know, then we've got uh, Gooch whose prices come up wise, whose prices come up. He had at least a solid start to the week last week. Ortiz is withdrawn. So don't roster him. And then Patrick Reed all the way down at nine K again, several guys priced above him. So uh, this is the, the, the range where you got some guys that are well-known, but maybe not playing as well right now with Kepka and, you know, Scott and Reed. Uh, Neiman had a good result last week. So uh, interesting range here. Who do you like? Yeah, I know uh, I said I never play Brooks in non-majors, but I'm going to go against my rule there uh, this week. He's 9,900. Coming off of the miscut, he did help uh, with the redesign or whatever. Um, they consulted him. Not that that matters, but played here last year and finished fifth. And what I like the most, the last three cuts he's missed, when he's played the next week, he's finished first, second, and fifth. So when he when he tees it up after a miscut, um, he tends to have a good bounce-back performance. Uh, and again, he plays difficult golf course as well. So um, I'll be on Brooks this week. I like him as an outright. I think I saw a 35 to one out there on FanDuel earlier. So um, I'd certainly like that number. I like Adam Scott as well. Number one in this field in ball striking over the last 24 rounds, number three over the last 12 rounds. So after being pretty much a terrible ball striker for like a year um, and he turned into a good putter somehow, <laughs> it was, it was very strange watching that um, he's ball striking again. So uh, if he can put uh, mixed with the ball striking, I think he's a guy that can contend here. And just naturally, I got to be underweight on Taylor Gooch and Aaron Wise. Um, they're awesome. They've been in great form. Um, I would just rather take the bigger names um, that are going to be low owned, that are more talented long term. So I'll go with Scott and Brooks, and uh, I'm sure I'll regret it when, you know, Gooch and Wise both finish in the top 10 again. <laughs> I'm probably out on wise. I don't mind Gooch. You know, Gooch is the guy that he was in the final group last last week, uh, played really bad on Sunday. So everyone's going to, you know, kind of be ignoring him at that salary, the bad taste in their mouths from the finish last week. But otherwise, uh, he was solid. And, you know, you look at uh, the this fall swing starts, four of them, 11th or better every time. Um, and then, you know, he played well here last year, too. So um, I like Gooch. I'll play him over wise. I'm probably out on wise as well. Um, don't mind the calls on, on the other guys. I, I'm still out on Reed. Um, you know, really? Neiman. Yeah. Still out on Reed. Uh, Neiman Scott. And, and I didn't play Reed last week either. After I said, I, he was one of the last cuts from, uh, I thought you had talked me into playing him some, uh, but he was one of the last cuts from, from my player pool. Uh, made the cut on the number after a terrible Thursday, but uh, anyway, out on Reed, but uh, I don't mind Kepka, Scott, Neiman uh, at the top there. So, and single digits on Kepka and Scott, definitely interesting in terms of ownership uh, with not a lot of people playing them in general these days. So don't, uh, don't mind those calls. Anything else on the nine Ks for you there? Man, I just feels like I'm making a mistake fading the two guys in great form, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't feel great playing. I'm at 20 and 17%. So I'll see. Maybe I'll play some Gooch with you. Um, and we'll just cheer against Wise together. But. <laughs> we can fade Wise together. Yeah. I, I didn't want to play them both. Uh, the numbers told me Gooch. So I'll uh, play him. All right. Uh, getting down into the uh, the mid range here. 8K golfers. Uh, Henley was a popular play last week. Didn't really do much. Kokrak hasn't done much in the fall swing. We got guys that are, you know, either. Uh, on a bad run of form that, uh, you know, maybe seem 
priced okay or are playing well and priced up a little bit like Seamus Power. Um, you know, he's in this range. Leishman's been playing a little better lately, but no real chalk in this range. It looks like McNeely at 8,500 uh, is the only kind of really popular play. Uh, Power as well, getting a little bit of ownership. But, uh, no, I kind of like mixing and matching in this 8K range. Uh, Henley, for all his, you know, kind of reputation that he only does well on the uh, shootout type of courses, um, and he leads the tour, I believe, in in ball striking right now or strokes gained approach, one of the two. Uh, and you know, he didn't really do much as chalk last week. So people are kind of jumping off a little bit. So I don't mind going back to Henley here. Who are you looking at in the eight case? I agree with you on Henley. I think he's interesting. He tends to play long course as well, which you wouldn't think would be the case because he's one of the shorter hitters off the tee, but he's so good with his long irons that he makes up for it. He's very accurate off the tee. So even if he's 20 yards behind everyone else, um, you know, he's really good with his, his long irons and he's going to be in the fairway, which I like. T29 here last year as well. Going to be off of Kokrak. This would seem like the perfect course for him, but he's lost off the tee in 6-7. He's lost on approach in 4-7. So a guy that was known for his, you know, great off the tee and ball striking is just not there right now. I don't mind fading that. Um, Bazudin out 28 straight cuts. Um, it just continues to make the cut every single week he plays. Doesn't matter what tour it's on. I don't think this is a great course fit for him, but I do think he's going to be safe. I think uh, he'll play on the weekend. And then I like Lowry, um, did burn a lot of people last week, but uh, only missed the cut by two. He finished T11 here uh, last year. So I like Lowry and Henley the most, but overall not a great range for me. I think I prefer the nine Ks and then dipping down into the sevens. Yeah, interesting. I, I think you can get some upside from this group. Probably going to have a guy or two that finishes inside the, you know, the top 10, but uh, also might have a, a couple of chalk busts in this range. So going for some of the lower owned ones, the guys that we have in the single digits, Tringali would be one of them. Uh, let's see. Leishman Kokrak. I'm kind of with you though. The stats have just been quite alarming of late, so I'm not on him, but um, what do we make of these guys that have played a ton of fall swing events like McNeely and power? Like, are you more inclined to roster some of these guys over the guys that have been playing, you know, maybe only one or two fall swing events. What do we make of the guys that have been playing every week here versus the ones that haven't? I probably should be more inclined to play them. Um, I kind of treat DFS like the stock market. I don't want to buy high on anyone. Um, and it does feel like we're buying high on these guys. But I mean, we've seen it from Sebastian Munoz, Lonto Griffin, some of these guys in years past that have just been able to string a bunch of good fall swing season events together um, and then end up being like towards the top of the FedEx Cup standings because they had such a good fall swing season. So I don't mind uh, chasing it. Seamus Power certainly probably my favorite of the bunch coming off of three straight top 25s. Also picked up a win uh, during the fall swing as well. So he's probably my favorite. But if you're looking for a great driver of the ball, uh, McNeely's 11th and off the tee, fifth in total driving and 14th in good drive percentage. So he's going to give himself a lot of good looks um, off the tee. And you now that's really half the battle potentially at this golf course. All right. Uh, yeah, I. I tend to lean a little bit towards those guys that have been playing a lot of the events too, but it's, yeah, it's a double-edged sword because those are often the ones that tend to be a little higher owned too. So yeah, a little bit of a, you know, give and take a little bit here, but all right. Uh, before we start to get down into the kind of lowest part of the 8k range and into the values, uh, just a couple of uh, housekeeping things here, a couple things. Roto Grinders Premium, we encourage you to try us out. Uh, obviously, this show is free on our YouTube channel, but we've got 
plenty of good stuff behind the paywall articles from Noto and myself. Lineup HQ tags in our lineup building software makes it super easy for you to build multiple lineups. And you can either choose a single sport if you're just interested in the golf here, or you can choose the combo package, uh, which includes pretty much all of our offerings except NASCAR. So it's a great value right now. You got NFL going on, you got NBA going on, you got NHL going on, college basketball started up tonight. Never a time of year where uh, there's, you know, more sports going on than what we have right now. So check out Roto Grinders Premium. You can click the link. We'll have our producer throw it in the chat and it'll be in the description. Get 10 bucks off your first month of Roto Grinders single sport or combo premium. And uh, also don't forget to sign up for Prize Picks, proud sponsor of the show. Uh, they do a lot of stuff with all these different sports going on right now. Um, you know, you get uh, college basketball player props and NFL, and you can parlay together from different sports. Uh, so you can either download the app or visit prizepicks.com. Um, they don't have any golf picks up right now. I think they decided to uh, not do that for the with all the new sports starting and just a couple events left. But uh, you can do NBA, you can do NFL, you can do college hoops, you can do hockey, college football, soccer. Uh, MMA, all that stuff on prizepicks.com. So check them out or download the app uh, and you can get some good, uh, good NBA props on there as well. So, all right. So uh, let's see, did we get through the eight K's? What do we do with Homa these days? I feel like I haven't played him in a while and I don't feel like he's done much, but I mean, he still tends to get some ownership. Homa? Uh, he just won. Did he? Weeks ago. When did he win? <laughs> Why he did won, I forget uh, this? The Fortinet. Are you serious? I, like I have no ago. recollection of this. That <laughs> <laughs> must have been a terrible week for me. I have absolutely no recollection of him recently winning. I mean, he's been in pretty bad form other than that. Um, but yeah, won the Fortinet and then almost dead last at the CJ Cup. Yeah. I'll be darned. I have, I mean, I, I it happened. I see that it happened. Like, <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure what happened to me. Like, that was only two months ago man it's weird you just there's so much so many sports going yeah. on and sometimes you just lose a week of data or you know i that was probably a horrible week for me and i didn't even remember that probably wasn't following on sunday didn't remember all right well i guess that explains the double digit ownership but uh i'm probably not playing him considering i didn't remember that he won a couple months ago maybe need to dig into that a little bit more but uh well good for him because he's going after those uh uh, Twitter points for the uh, social media engagement. The win will help him. Yeah. And uh, Mackenzie Hughes getting some ownership as well. He was seventh here last year. Uh, he tends to play well in spurts. And, um, you know, I, he's been playing okay uh, over over the last couple of months after a bad run of form himself. So uh, double-digit ownership there. Don't mind it at 7,900, but you got some bigger names behind him. Mito Pereira, Varner. Um, you know, Streelman, Johnny Vegas, uh, Pereira was awful last week. I think he was near the bottom, almost dead last. I'm always a fan. What do we do from with him coming off a of dead last? I think you go right back to him. Uh, I wish we had some shot link data to see what went wrong. If it was just all, you know, around the green and putting, or if he was bad with the irons off the tee, whatever it may be, but one of the better drivers of the ball in the field and he's third on approach. So, uh, I certainly will be going back to Mito. Uh, I do like McKenzie Hughes. He's quietly made 10 straight cuts. Uh, you mentioned the seventh place here last year. 
Then he was fourth at the Zozo was last time out. And if you looked at uh, the old school ball striking numbers, just the uh, fairways, driving distance and greens regulation, he was top four in the field. So a guy that typically relies on a short game was at least hitting the ball well in terms of the old school ball striking stats his last time out. So I do like him. He tends to play the same course as well each and every year. And then uh, don't mind going to Varner. Uh, missed the cut his last time out, but was right on the number. He had been playing some great golf before that, T15 here last year. I'll go back to Strillman. He burned me last week, but the guy that you expect to keep it in the fairway, he's long enough off the tee and then very good with his irons. So take your chances with this short game. Um, and Vegas seems like a great course for Vegas. Um, one of the better guys off the tee, third in strokes gained off the tee in this field. And his irons have been really good over the last you know five months or so. So I like Vegas. I like Strillman. Uh, I like Mito. And I like Hughes, uh, 7,500 and up. Yeah, pretty strong range of, of interesting options. I think you get some upside from this group. Um, I kind of like Ramey a little bit too. He's back-to-back top 20 finishes. So uh, after a miscut in his first start, he's been one of the more consistent of the new newly uh, crowned PGA Tour card holders this year. Uh, so Ramey, I don't mind at, uh, at 7,500. Um, let's see. And then if we start to go and I agree with those picks that you mentioned as well. Uh, like Vegas here, I think at 7,500, not as many people on him uh, this week compared to, you know, some of the other fall swing events where we saw him in the twenties when he was underpriced, you know, as far as ownership, he was in the twenties for a few of those events, seven, 8% this week. I think this is a spot to hop aboard. And uh, Charlie Hoffman, we know one thing about Hoffman. He always tends to play well in Texas and his numbers aren't great for the fall swing, but uh, he's shown time and time again that, you know, he can flip the switch and, and play well in Texas. So I like Hoffman at uh, at 7,300. And then I'll go back to my boy Pendrith here. Pendrith is the one guy I think I've gotten right, like every week. And we said last week, you know, coming off the fifth place finish, you said, I said, do I take the one week of profits and, and hop off? Uh, and you said, you know, probably the case uh, with it not being a course that suits his game, suits his ability to use the driver. And that's exactly what happened. He didn't, you know, he was another guy that was down near the bottom. So I think this week with all the long par fours, his ability to get it out there off the tee, I, I think this is a spot where we can buy back into Pendrith and he's down at four, five, six percent ownership again. So Hoffman, Ramey, Pendrith, a couple of my guys in the mid part of the 7K range. Uh, who else do you like in there? Love the Pendrith call. I've been waiting for a course that fits his skill set, and I do think this is it. So I'll definitely play uh, more of him than the 6% we haven't projected for right now. I do like Hoffman as well. Um, I focus on, you know, more long-term stats. I mix in some short-term ones as well. But he's the best value play in my model uh, on a point-per-dollar basis on both FanDuel and DraftKings. And you mentioned it, the Texas narrative. Uh, I'll certainly be buying into that. He did play here last year. And he finished T29. So uh, at this price point, I will gladly take that if he can replicate it. The rest of the 7Ks, I don't know. I don't have a strong take on anyone. Uh, Joel Damon rates out pretty well for me. Taylor Moore is another one of those uh, Corn Ferry Tour guys with back-to-back top 25s on the PGA Tour. Don't know a lot about him, but he's been good off the tee, and he's been a really good putter. So maybe he's got that similar skill set to to Pendrith um, if you want to pair those two up. And that's pretty much it for me in the sevens. Any interest in somebody, I guess, you know, some of these guys that have gotten some ownership, uh, Grillo, Poulter, CT Pan, um, he had some ownership last week. 
your boy Harmon at 71 are like there's some pretty good more names than I'm not used to seeing this many names down here with the strength of the field Keith Mitchell at 7k um anybody Harman. that you might actively look to avoid this Harmon <laughs> he's been <laughs> terrible uh strokes game ball striking over the last 24 rounds he's 117th in this field Birdie or better in that same stretch, 121st. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. He was so consistent for like eight months in a row, um, and now he has just been terrible. So off of Harmon, I'm off of Grillo as well. You know, last week was like his favorite course. He had never missed a cut there, and he missed a cut there. He's been missing a lot of cuts recently, and uh, it's mainly short game, but his ball striking's taken a little bit of a dip too. So going to be off of him, especially if he's going to be popular. Don't mind T.T. Pan. He's a guy that – uh, tends to keep it in the fairway. Um, and his irons have been better recently. I just worry about his upside. Yeah. I question the upside as well in this type of field for sure. Uh, didn't finish last week. I played him a good bit last week. He was on my best roster. So I was following him. Not super pleased with the finish. Uh, but yeah, I had him Sunday showdown. Uh, that didn't oh, that go terrible. very well. <laughs> All right, let's move into the value range. We'll go ahead and uh, call it a wrap, and then uh, one more uh, tournament before the break. Uh, 6K, I think you can live in the 7K range with the value. Like, in your single-entry cash game build, are you going below 7K with anybody? Luke List, baby. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, in a single-entry, you're okay with Luke List. I think he's making my main lineup this week. Um, one of the better guys, T to green. Um, you know, we think a lot of these ball strikers like Grillo and, um, you know, a couple others that just very good off the tee and very good on approach. But List also brings good around the green. He's top 40 in this field and around the green. And he's first in this field um, over the last nine months and greens a regulation. And I do think that's going to be uh, pretty important this week. He's been either making cuts and posting top 20s or missing the cut either by one or two strokes um, in the fall swing season. So, I like the spot for Luke List. You know, he's got a lot of good finishes and some of the tougher tracks. I get some of the um, majors as well. So, yeah, I think I'm going to take some Luke List. Outside of that, uh, nobody else will make my – I'm not, definitely not dipping, you know, two of these guys in my single entry build. Yeah, I don't mind List. Um, don't know if I would have the uh, the stones to do it in a single entry, but uh, you look at his tee to green numbers over the last, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 rounds – uh, they are very encouraging. Just all going to come down to the short game with him. And, I, I mean, I think he's clearly the play of the 6K range. And outside of him, I'm scrolling through now, I don't think we have anybody else in the 6Ks that's above 5% projected ownership. Just a whole lot of not much down there. A um, couple guys in the chat. One says, don't play Jason Day ever. That's probably a reasonable <laughs> suggestion nowadays. Should have told me and, that a year ago. <laughs> and then somebody asking about thoughts on Munoz as a kind of YOLO play. I mean, he either top tens or is bottom 20 in the field. I don't understand it. I, there's no rhyme or reason to when it happens, but we know the upside's there. So um, MME, I'm, I'm fine with it. Anything else, I, I wouldn't play. Yeah, he's okay in GPPs. I don't like a whole lot else in the 6Ks. Um you know, I don't feel like this is the course for somebody like Knox. Hoagie's gotten some ownership the last few weeks, but again, I just don't love it. Adam Long is the only other guy. Adam Long and Denny McCarthy are the only other guys that we have above 4% down here. And doesn't feel like the course for McCarthy either. He'd been a little better lately, but. Yeah, I've got a, yeah, I like McCarthy on the 7,000 yard, you know, courses like we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's Does just the so model bad. Does pop anybody team. down here? 
So like, a couple guys. Yeah, Trey Molinax, very long off the tee and a good putter. Kind of fits the Pendrith and Taylor Moore mold. And then, you know, we played the Scott Juszczewski game, whatever. Oh, here we go. Who we got tonight? <laughs> Dowie Vanderwalt. So we need to look up this guy. All right. I've at least heard of him. So that's a plus, probably because of the van. You know, I would assume him. he's a young guy since he's from the Corn Ferry Tour, but I'm hoping he's like 50. He's 38. Okay. He's 38. So, like uh, yeah, he's he has uh i like these segments the old uh all about <laughs> all about so and so uh turned pro in 2007 played on the sunshine tour and the uh, mini tour starting in 2008 won four events uh between 2008 and 2011 uh then uh, 2013 he started on the web.com tour which is now the corn ferry tour basically the the sec- the first division be behind the PGA tour uh, and he played on the web.com 13, 14, and 15. Uh, let's see. And then uh, got his PJ Tour card for 15, 2015, 2016. Made 11 cuts in 25 events. Went back down to the web.com slash Corn Ferry Tour. And then uh, got his card for this year by finishing 17th in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. So, yeah, he's been around. He's uh, He's got some wins. He's got a couple European Tour wins as well. So. He's a grinder, and he finished T20 here last year. 6,100, he's the new Scotty G. Um, he's <laughs> DV, DVW, we'll call him. <laughs> All right, we'll throw him in some lineups just because I felt left out for not playing Scotty G a couple weeks ago, if only for the rush of when he was tied for the lead if there for, for 30 minutes on, on Thursday afternoon. So, All right, there's not much else in the 6K range. Don't get carried away with it. Uh, live in that 7K range if you want safer value plays. So. Uh, with that, I think it's going to wrap us up uh, pretty easy to get through uh, with only 132 as opposed to 156 in the field. And uh, we're down to just one tournament to go before the uh, winter break. So time to make them count. Uh, we've got the RSM Classic uh, down in Georgia next week. And Noto and I will be back to break that one down with you. Until then, uh, we'll sign off for now. Thanks to our producer, Steve. And for Noto, I'm Justin. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody, and good luck.